You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, September 16th. Welcome back. Thanks. Wait, I went somewhere? Yes, oh, you man. went away. Doesn't feel like I did. <laughs> you went away. You rode I played bikes. bikes. It was fun. For a week. For Well, I wasn't playing bikes all week. Yes, we were, you were. We were learning. Oh, sure. Sitting in a room learning. <laughs> we did get to play bikes, though, on a cyclocross course for one day. It was fun. It's all over my Facebook. If anyone, if anyone really cares, <laughs> what's to see? What you did with bikes last week? Yeah, uh, good week on deck. Last week was um, president's orientation and installation of presidents mm-hmm. and and um, a, a variety of officers and uh, members of boards as well. That was on Friday evening, so we'll get to mm-hmm. share a little bit on that. Hopefully later this week or, or early next week um, about uh, the. the the uh, just convention follow-up, that sort of thing. We'll do that yeah. with uh, Dr. John Sias, Secretary of Synod, uh, coming up later this week or early next week. We'll follow up with him. It is Monday. means it's Mental Health Monday. And uh, we get to check in with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman here in just a moment. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. I said that myself last week. Every day. Oh, was it weird? It was. It was really weird when I would say I'm Andy Bates, and then there was nothing to follow. Uh, but uh, now it's 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 time to join Deaconess Heidi Gaiman for Mental Health Monday. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. Always good to be with you guys. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. <laughs> yes, Mental Health Mondays are the best kind of Mondays. I feel like I think I have to agree with you. <laughs> I was driving in and I was like, what are we talking? Oh, right. It's a mental health Monday. This is great. Good way to start Monday. (laughs) It really is. I feel like Mondays, like people need mental health Monday. You know, it helps us be aware of what we need. We should feel refreshed after the weekend and ready to go. No, no, no. Especially, especially like church workers and and those who have responsibilities on Sunday mornings, I Mm -hmm. think. Uh, we started a new season Sunday's at church, a work so day. lots of lots of teaching. I love teaching. I get to to uh, lead Bible class for a group of folks at our church, and but there's a lot of prep time and then decompressing as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, so let's get into today's topic. Why ask for help? Uh, why are we afraid to ask for help, Heidi? Oh, that's a good question. I think there's like a lot wrapped up into that. You know, kind of like a ball of yarn and stuff. And it has to do, especially with our family of origin, I think, and the way we grew up and what was acceptable. Um, and as far as reaching out for what we needed, um, and also people's response before that we've had, you know, whether people have been able to help us when we give in a bid to get some help. Um, and that can be just really personal. You know, maybe we, uh, didn't get it from our mom or dad when we uh, were sad a single time. Um, And maybe that was something we got sometimes, you know, and so those kind of things complicate the matter. Um, And then you take that, like, maybe we've gone to our pastor once and that person wasn't very responsive, or maybe we tried a counselor and that, you know, it wasn't a really good fit that time for us. And so there's all those different places that um, we might've tried before that we just didn't get it. 
And then there's also like, you know, stigma um, and this idea in our culture that it's not okay to ask for help, that there's something not right about us then or that we are weak. Um, and it's sad to say that this still thrives in the church, a place that we absolutely don't believe it. You know, I think one of the best mental health verses that I can think of is my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness, which means that all of that we just talked about, like we don't believe in it. We believe that God... God brings strength at the very moment where we identify our weakness and our need for help. He also calls himself and the Holy Spirit the helper. That's their title. So if we um, cannot, uh, you know, like engage, I think, in the act of seeking help, then it really is like detrimental to our spiritual relationship. And so I think at some place we have to deal with that between us and God, and then we can be able to deal with it between us and people. Mm-hmm. Even the word help, um, it's it's like, sometimes it's just so hard to say. Like I, I know in my brain, I need to ask for help. I need some assistance. It's right, yeah, right. <laughs> Fancy <laughs> words might make it better, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but but yeah. even even just like saying those words, even if I know I need it and I know I really should ask for help in whatever situation, just saying those words to somebody, um, there's a lot of vulnerability that happens when, when you speak those words out loud to somebody. Oh, yeah, definitely. And we don't really like the word vulnerability because that sounds <laughs> kind of fluffy and cushy and uh, social psychology-ish mm-hmm. and stuff. And so um, I think tearing away those things too, that, that again, help is a biblical word. I I cannot tell you how often it's used in the Old Testament. Like I should pull that out for this series in particular. Um, but, you know, in the Psalms, especially those places where people do bear themselves before God, um, not just in the narratives that we hear, you know, in other places of scripture, but the Psalms are those places where we get to hear them really ask for help. Um, and I think that we just have to come to a place where we practice. You know, I think we talked about this on the coffee hour with worker wellness one time, but you know, just practice saying the word. And I think I even made you guys like say it on air. Like I, I remember that I need help. <laughs> right. And it's one of those really uncomfortable things. You have to practice it. Like just say it, say it to the people, um, say it to the, to God first. I think that really helps because that's a private place that you can be absolutely safe and free of judgment with Jesus Christ um, standing in our stead. You know, he is asking for help on our behalf when we fail. Um, but then we also can can do it physically with our with God in our prayer times. We can write it on a piece of notebook paper and pray for the things we need help for. And then we can say it to those closest to us, you know, a trusted friend, someone in our family, whoever those safe people are for you because it's different for everybody. Like not everybody does have the family that's going to be safe where they can ask for help. Um, That's what our local church is meant to stand in that gap for us for also. So find the person you can say it to um, and then continue on. You know, I have actually myself been trying to get my EAP like uh, six visits lately uh, to a counselor locally because we moved a couple years ago and transitioning and all that good stuff. And so I need help. Um, And it's hard. Like no one will return my phone calls. <laughs> and so it's like a really good practice for me to understand how people feel and to keep asking for help, even when I don't get the response I need the first time. Well, some of the, so much of this revolves around community too. In order to ask for help, you have to have somebody to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, how, does, how does God use our neighbors um, and use that community when, when we ask for help? How, how does God um, provide yeah. for our needs through those other people? 
Yeah, dare I call it a mighty and mysterious work of God. <laughs> you know, it's pretty wild how he knits in us this need for community. You know, isolation is real. Um, and that's a tool of the devil um, to keep us from connecting to God and to keep us from connecting to one another. And the church especially is not our idea. It's God's idea. And so he created this place that we can have community. And then when we look around us, he expands that really, you know, he puts his spirit into us so we can go out into our like very literal communities, you know, that we call towns and places and neighborhoods and things. Um, and when we reach out for help, uh, someone else is freed in order to also reach out for help. You know, we have just lifted the stigma for someone else. And that is a massively mysterious, powerful thing that the spirit does between people. And then, you know, I think being involved in community before you need help, even though, I mean, I'm a believer that like every single day we need help, like that's just how we live. Um, but being in community before you have kind of that crisis moment or the moment where you just are at your last, um, you know, the last straw has been taken and such, um, that is God's work to give us a place um, where we can fall, you know, to give us a place that's safe. Mm -hmm. Why is it easier? And maybe this is a guy thing. Not sure. <laughs> uh, why is it easier to acknowledge that God provides for us through our neighbors in other first article needs, such as food and shelter, mm -hmm. but not necessarily mental or emotional issues? Oh, that's like really profound, Andy. Mm -hmm. Like, and less I have than to three sit minutes, on sorry. that for a minute. I know. No, we're gonna. I'm gonna like have to circle back to that sometime. Um, we do. We absolutely do believe, and I think part of it is like control. Um, we we have a hard time stewarding as it is. We have a hard time believing that God really is in charge of all of this and that it's not ours. Um, and so, especially with those deep personal things and, you know, emotions are part of mental health, relationships are part of mental health. Um, it's a very spiritual thing. I think mental health really touches on um, shame and guilt and grace and those really big concepts that are vulnerable, like Sarah said. Mm -hmm. um, and so we uh, we want to believe that we have control over it when really like God, God is, you know, the master of all. He is over all. Um, and so what does that mean for our mental health? I think it's a, it's a good question. It's probably a good question for another day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same that. time, yeah, right, right. But at the same time, like, I think um, honoring who he is in our life is always a really good place to start to get to a place where we um, can wrestle with the other stuff. You know, that's a good question. Open the first article of the creed and ask like, okay, God, um, what are you in charge of in my life? Show me. Um, and, and, you know, he does that in his word. We have just a minute left. Are emotions like anxiety, anxiousness, or sadness okay? How can they be useful if they are okay? Yeah, I have good news about that since we have a minute left is that after we go through the series on help, which we'll talk a little bit more like about how to get help and some just more practical things about help itself um, and helping someone else, we will go through a series that is about emotions, both the kind of what I like to think of as uncomfortable emotions, like the ones that are a little bit more difficult for us to experience, even though you'll find out that like, I do not believe that any of the emotions are wrong. Like that God is the creator of all things and he's the creator of my ability to feel anger and sadness and anxiousness and all that stuff. And they have a purpose. Um, it's what I do with them that is often a problem. And so we'll talk about that more because I think that, I mean, 
we do not want to get lost in this idea that some are some are right and some are wrong. Again, we don't believe that. You know, that's an idea um, that God doesn't sanctify all of us, and that's not a thing we believe in. Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, licensed clinical social worker, got a new book out too, as mm-hmm. well. Name of that book: The Mighty and the Mysterious. <laughs> the Mighty. And- See, wasn't that a nice segue? Thank you so much, Heidi. <laughs> Always good to have Mental Health Mondays with you. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for having me. Coming up in just a little bit, uh, we revisit a conversation with Pastor Golden uh, in the beginning, mm-hmm. Understanding Genesis. You listen to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.